Welcome, Welcome to the Bacon Game Sports Box. Your source for the latest on baseball, football, and whatever else he feels like talking about. Get ready. Here is your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Big Games Podcast. I'm joined with guest uh, Chris, here to talk about some fantasy f- uh, football issues. Um, a little bit of what we talked about last time. I want to get some new and uh, fresh opinions on some of these uh, questions I have. So, uh, Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, as you said, I'm Chris. You can find me on Twitter, at Detroit Beastie. Uh, Facebook's the same thing. Uh, Chris Robin there. I do a lot of work for DFSCheatSheet.com. You can find them at DFS Cheat Sheet One on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find me. Like I said, all my work, all my content, uh, heavy on Twitter. I like interacting with all of you. So uh, look up my page and give me a follow. Yeah, I feel the same way about Twitter. I like interacting. That's the best yeah. part. Although I want to pull people on so I can talk to them like this because yeah. 280 characters is never enough, you know? No. <laughs> I All thought right, it cool. was 140 or 160. Oh, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I really cracked it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so I let's let's start off with some of these questions. All right, so what do you think of Derrick Henry? Do you think he's, like, a top five, top three, or worst running back? Like, is he, is he there for you? I know it's pretty early for rankings, but I'm curious to get an opinion. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Uh, he is top ten without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. if, I would bet the farm that he finishes in the top ten. Like, I know – when you play fantasy football or you gamble, they say there's no such thing as a sure thing. But Derrick Henry is a sure thing to get to be in the top 10 at the end of the season. And I do. Uh, I don't know if this is ambitious or not, given what he's the 2019 rushing champion. But he should be in the top five at the end of the season. Uh, like like you said, it's a little bit too early with rankings, you know. And with all these uh, stud rookie running backs that were drafted, who knows how it's going to shake out. So uh, I don't feel comfortable saying Derrick Henry is my number three running back this season. I just know that he's in my top five somewhere. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, do you worry? Sorry. Sure. Sorry, I shouldn't be eating now. Um, okay, do you, do, you, do you worry that um, Henry is going to be worse out with a worse offensive line? Like, I, they lost um, Jack Conklin to mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland, right? Um, yeah. And I've been, wa- I've been watching Derrick Henry for a while. Um, he's a really good running back when he gets up to speed. But if he doesn't have that push from the offensive line and doesn't get out there and, like, is able to get up to full steam, he seems like a pretty bad running back. Um, personally, like, I'm a Jaguars fan, so I've watched all those, you know, those shitty Thursday night football games where yeah. Titans and Jags go at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really bad. But, yeah, I mean, I think Derek needs a really, really good offensive line. He has still some good guys there. Tyler Luan, their center's pretty good. But yeah. um, I, I, I'm just concerned. I don't know if you, you have an opinion on that. I do. I, I, res- I respect what you're saying. I respect your opinion. Uh, to me, I uh, maybe because I'm just an optimistic, happy-go-lucky kind of guy, I see no <laughs> issue with it because Taylor Lewan, he's a Michigan man, go blue. He didn't uh, – <laughs> Last season, Derrick Henry, as I've said once already, won the rushing title, and Taylor Lewan really wasn't himself last season. I saw an interview where he said that, right? So I can only imagine he's going to come back and work harder, right? And we all know who Derrick Henry is. He's a monster. He stands next to a normal human being and makes (laughs) them look tiny. He's an absolute freak of nature, right? So as far as the offensive line goes, I know it's important. You have to you know, buy into an offensive line. But when it comes to Henry, he's just, uh, he's a steamroller. You know what I mean? He's going to, he has the agility. He has the power. He's a madman. And I, I see no, (laughs) I see no issue with drafting Derrick Henry this season in in fantasy football. Like I said, as your, as your running back one. Now on the flip side, I've seen a lot of talk on social media about not wanting to, you know, take him. He's a top 10 pick consensus, consensus, top 10 pick overall. Right. And mm-hmm. so I've seen a lot of people hem and haw and maybe freak out a little bit about drafting him as their RB one, but for what, you know what I mean? The, those are the, the grass is greener on the other side, side of the, you know, pasture kind of people. And those are the guys that get burned in the long run because they they'll pass on Henry and they'll draft, you know, let's say Aaron Jones, who is, 
equally as fantastic, you know, but they wound up, they wind up getting, getting burned for not selecting him. So I, like I said, I respect what you're saying. It's always mm-hmm. good to have a spirited debate, but I have, I have no <laughs> yeah. issue with Derrick Henry as my running back one this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely welcome um, any kind of challenge to my to my stuff. I think that's how you make yeah. opinions stronger, you know, like grinding mm-hmm. on a whetstone, all that fun, all those fun yeah. analogies. Um, yeah, okay. Um, do you? So you had him like I think you said around like like fifth or third. Or, I mean, you know, you said top ten, but like you know, for running backs, is he like top five? You said ish, right? Yeah, yeah, he's top five for me. Like, yeah, you can mm-hmm. you can set it in stone, top ten overall <laughs> at the end of the season. But that, okay, that's kind of that'd be lazy of me to say because it's it's almost certain, you know, but I, I do mm-hmm. firmly believe he'll be in the top 10 at the end of the year again, overall. So do you think it, what, like McCaffrey, Saquon and like Elliot, are those guys in front of Derrick Henry for you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. As, is I there anyone see, else? I could see yeah, a sorry. case. I could see a case where Derrick Henry finishes third, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't, you're, no one's touching McCaffrey. Uh, Saquon, he's, phenomenal he's one of my favorite uh, football players yet Mm -hmm. I don't really talk about him a lot I don't own him anywhere Mm -hmm. in my teams I'm just a fan a fan (laughs) of his play so I think the top two are pretty much set in stone if I'm not mistaken and then Henry can get in there with the with the Zeke Elliott's you know and the the Chubb maybe people are freaking out about Chubb but that's a topic for another conversation so (laughs) I, I would I would absolutely feel comfortable saying Derrick Henry's my number three running back Headed, okay. headed into the season. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I'm surprised you're such a Saquon fan. I thought I think you'd have like PTSD from college, you know? <laughs> not no, not at all. I know he yeah, he was a Nittany Lion. I'm a Michigan yeah. uh, Wolverine yeah. guy. So again, I I'm a big sports fan, but I love, you know, the competition and I love the excitement. <laughs> so a good game is a good game. For sure. I had off and respect anybody who plays well. <laughs> that's good. I I can't say I'm the same person, but that's totally fair. It's good to be objective. Well you're, York, well, you're from New York, so the uh, stereotypes must be true to form. <laughs> New York. Yeah, probably. That's probably fair. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let's move on to the, the next one. Um, do you think Lamar Jackson's worth a first-round pick? I think this is going to be a pretty controversial take, or at least Absolutely. something we talk about all, all up the way till, till like the so, start of the season. I've said it a few times on Twitter. I've a- I actually wrote an article, and uh, my answer here was, you know, I talked about it in length where – to me, social media in general is pretty toxic, you know, when it comes to uh, family disputes, money, any of things of that nature. But when it comes to fantasy football rankings, it can get pretty toxic. <laughs> you know, it can give away some negligent advice, you know what I mean? And I know mm-hmm. on Twitter, the goal is to get followers, but it doesn't mean, you know, you have to follow what people say, right? So mm-hmm. I... Lamar Jackson is, he's like an anomaly to me. He went absolutely nuts last season. We know what, you know, we know. I did a mock auction draft last night, and he went for like $70, $80. But I'm, I've started to, I've already, I've had my opinions on him for a while. Uh, I don't, pers- I don't own him. I don't really want to own him because I'm, call me a, a follower or a dummy, but I just don't buy into a guy like him can sustain running like that on a on a full-time basis you know so going into this coming season in 2020 they're not going to take the running game away from him but is he going to settle into more of a like a pocket passing kind of role we don't know so to me uh first round draft pick that was the question in a super Mm -hmm. flex yes absolutely sure yeah redraft no dynasty no and i might catch heat for this that's just how i feel because long-winded way of telling you that i've kind of taken in what what i've seen other people saying where he he's going to flop and he's going to going to be a bust right now mm-hmm. if we dig into the flop and bust kind of thing it depends on what your what your idea of a bust or a flop is you know if 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 he doesn't uh what's the word I'm looking for? Do the same exact thing he did last season, then people are going to consider him a flop. Well, I don't, I think he has a hard time topping what he did last season. Does that Mm -hmm. make him flop? No, but I'm I'm honestly freaked out with what we're going to get from him this season. Is he still Mm -hmm. a quarterback one without a shadow of a doubt? Is he my personal first round selection? No. Is he a quarterback one? Yeah, he's a quarterback one. I just, no, I mean, is he your, is he your number? Is he before Mahomes and Watson? All this is he number one for you? 
No, I prefer uh, Pat Mahomes. Gotcha. And then uh, I could see Mahomes, Watson, uh, Lamar in that same number two role. Uh, I'm not, who am I kidding? It's Mahomes, then uh, Patrick, and then, you know, Watson. And uh, I hate to say it, but maybe uh, Dak. Dak is in the top five there. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, um, so I think I disagree a little bit about, um, I, I don't think he's going to be like transitioned to a pocket passer yet. I think he'll have to do that somewhere later in his career, like mm-hmm. a, like a Russell Wilson type thing. Um, yeah. so for dynasty, I understand what you're saying about that. Definitely. He probably isn't a first round pick or even close to that for me. That's definitely true. There are a lot of guys I'd rather have their, you know, in, in a good age range that I'd like to take that are at, you know, more scarce positions. So I, yeah. I get that for sure. Um, I think the offense is just built around Lamar, and I think they've done a really good job of, of um, making the Baltimore offense like that, and that includes his running. He's an electrifying runner. Um, I, I totally understand what you're saying, that people are, like, very into him this year, and I feel like that definitely pushes up his draft stock. Like, if he's, like, a top-five pick, I'm probably out on that. Um, yeah. The 36 There's touchdowns, no six interceptions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you want to be all about value, for sure. I mean, 36 touchdowns, nine picks, over three uh, 3,000 passing yards while rushing for over a thousand yards like that, that seems pretty hard to do again. Um, it's uh, so I, I understand uh, what you're saying there. And I always find it difficult to retake guys who are number one overall the season before, because something always happens to them. And then that's not like a scientific or like even a good approach to go by, but like it, it, it scares me for sure. And taking a quarterback that early. And if he's not like the best guy you have, like, like he's, if he's not the best quarterback, like a hundred points better than the next guy who I assume is Patrick Mahomes, if he's the number one, um, it's probably not worth it. So um, I, I understand what you're saying there. I think he's probably a first round pick for me, although a late first round pick um, mm-hmm. in, in like a regular in like a regular league. Because what I did last time when I talked about this is we looked at last year's production for Lamar and then compared it to like the next guy and then the top five guys. And he was about the same as you do for like a running back or a wide receiver. And, you know, yeah. when we're drafting like for fantasy, we want to have like the upper edge right on people. So it only really matters how much better they is than other guys or during mm-hmm. that current year. Right. So we kind of we kind of did like a, a, a quick, quick math. And uh, saw Lamar was probably about the same as Christian McCaffrey was to the second RB, and the same that Michael Thomas was to the next uh, wide receiver. Yeah. So it like kind of makes sense in a way. But I, I totally understand your points about you know Lamar not repeating and possibly rushing less, which I get. I mean, maybe they will rush him less because you know they want to protect him. So that that's totally possible. But mm-hmm. I think the offense is centered around him, and it is centered around running, and he's an electrifying runner. So I'm I'm still think he's my number one quarterback, but um, and, and possibly a first round pick. But I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah, and the the benchmark. Uh, for running backs is always a thousand yards, right? Mm-hmm. Running backs get over a thousand yards, like that's the benchmark, you know. And like as you said, Lamar had over a thousand rushing yards last season. So if I, I, this is a hypothetical, it's kind of silly for me to say this, but you know the, the gears in my mind are going. Like if you yeah, could, yeah. if you could tell me that Lamar Jackson was a sure thing for a thousand rushing yards, say no more. He'd be the number one overall pick. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna get Mm -hmm. you get a thousand rushing yards guaranteed and then you're gonna get minimum, bottom of the barrel, twenty touchdown passes. So uh it's a lot of what ifs and hypotheticals and like it's like I'm living in dreamland a little bit. You can't (laughs) guarantee yardage or points for anybody, but I'm sure you understand what I'm what I'm getting at, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, you know, a running quarterback is probably injured more often than a non-running quarterback. Yeah, I got yeah. all that stuff, definitely. Um, Look at RG3, the guy back Yeah, up, you know? yeah one bad. phenomenal season, and yeah. yeah. now both of his knees are uh, patched up with rubber bands. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and that's another reason why I don't like him as much in Dynasty. I think his career has a much shorter um, like mm-hmm. longevity than other guys, especially at the yeah. quarterback position. Um, I actually oh. – sorry to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. No. I think of it, I, uh, I, I owned – Lamar in a, in a sleeper league. It was a startup dynasty last year. He, I rode him all the way to the championship game. And then I, I traded him away about a week before our 2020 rookie draft. I got, uh, I got pick two, three, nine, and then uh, round two, pick nine and 11. I mean, the, the haul that I got mm-hmm. for him, it was, it was phenomenal. So I, w- I, I was looking to trade him anyways, and I would have traded him for a little bit less, but people, that's just how, out of their minds crazy people are for Lamar. So uh, mm-hmm. don't ra- anybody that watches this or watching it now, don't rake me over the coals. Uh, <laughs> if you can sell him for a King's ransom, I- I'm doing that all day right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think this is a pretty impressive rookie class. So I totally get that, especially with, mm-hmm. like the wide receivers I think are very impressive. Um, so I, I, I understand what you're saying there. 
Um, okay, yeah, so you, you're a Lions fan, right? I'm not getting Absolutely. that wrong. Okay, good. Because I want to talk about that. <laughs> unfortunately and unapologetically, a good. Lions. That's a that's the best way to be, man. I'm a Jaguars fan, so I totally get it. Unfortunately, is my name of the game, right? Um, you guys played yeah. an AFC championship game a couple seasons ago, so I don't yes, see why that you're is true. Well, because, I mean, we've drafted in the top 10 for the past 10 years before that. Um, yeah, it was a pretty, and that was pretty much all of my, all of my years as a, as a Jaguar fan before the 2017 mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah. and I lost, I, I think that that Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure I blacked out cause I didn't want to watch football anymore after that. I was so upset. Um, yeah. anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so quick, quick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. We, what's up? Uh, so you're, you're in New York, but you're mm-hmm. a Jaguars fan. I'd love yeah. to know how that came about. Cause you have the Jets who I, who I'm a fan of and mm-hmm. you got the Giants. I don't Yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the short answer is I'm a fucking weirdo, but um, the long answer is um, my <laughs> my mom's a Jets fan, my dad's a Bears fan, mm. um, my brother's like a Panthers fan, I think he's like a Bears fan now, he doesn't really follow sports, but anyway, I was never like um, beholden to a certain team, besides okay. the Mets, I'm a Mets fan f- through and through, but I'm also a Celtics right. fan, so I'm, okay. I'm like all over the place, but you I was never really... in that household. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Um, but I was like, I, I, I can honestly to... say, I, I, can, I, I assume you're born and raised in New York. Yeah. Yeah, New Jersey, I, New York. Yep. Well, to be off the top of my head, I can't think of of another New Yorker that I've ever met that isn't like diehard New York Yankees, <laughs> New York Jets, or Giants. Like they will they will get in a fist fight defending their <laughs> team. So. Yeah, um, that's that's probably true. Um, but like fuck them, whatever. I I, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be restrained by the geography for which team I like. To be honest, that's kind yeah. of how I feel about a lot of things. Um, okay. but yeah, I mean, I just I ended up just liking the Jaguars. Um. They drafted Maurice Jones through the year. I became like a fan. I really liked him uh, at a college at UCLA. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was another team that I could just choose myself. I was going to high school. I'm like, all right, I got to be real. Because I was a Jets fan before, but I was a very casual Jets fan, you know, middle school, whatever. Um, and I was like, all right, I got to pick a team. And I played with them a few times in Madden. And I like liked the team. I like Maurice Jones through. Um, and then I picked them. And then they made the AFC Championship uh, game the or the year after that. And then lost to the Patriots, which was really, or it wasn't the AFC Championship. I'm sorry, the, the divisional or. Whatever the second round of the playoffs is, I don't fucking remember. Um, but they lost to the 16-0 Patriots that year. Very disappointing. Yeah. But they beat the Steelers, which is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I was a fan ever since then. But it's been really disappointing except for 2017. I wanted to fucking die all the time. But, anyway, um, that's why I'm a Jaguars fan. Just because, like, I don't want to be beholden to, like, um, with the restraints of, like, geography. And I like the Jaguars. It's a fun team. Um, yeah. I've been – they first game was played in 1995. I'm older than them. So that's kind of cool. Like, I know all their history. I like that. So it's like a few reasons. But, you know, I just wanted to be different. And I was a angsty kid. But here I am now. So, yeah, you know. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I want to talk about the Lions because this is the, this draft confused me. I want to know what's going on with the, the Lions running back core. Like, I thought Carrion was the man going forward. I know he's been hurt, but yeah. uh, I, they used a second round pick on a running back. So that was what's going on. That was that was actually very surprising to me that they they drafted Swift in the second round like that. Now normally that that tells you one of two things: either uh, they've seen they've seen enough of what Carryon can do and it's not enough, so we need another guy, or it can be finally did did our GM uh, is, is, did he finally do the right thing? Did he finally draft the best player available? at their draft pick. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when it comes to carry on, I, I love the kid. I, I think he has what it takes. And the last two seasons, as you said, he's had some, some knee injuries, right? But what I love the most is that last season he hurt his knee, but then he was able to finish strong. He played the last few games of the right. season, finished strong. So now they bring in Swift and maybe that's for the best. There's some, there'll be some competition there, you know, like, they always say, you know, competition breeds, you know, good, but not good behavior, but it, it lights a fire under their ass. So the people mm-hmm. have long said in Detroit, Matthew Stafford, he's he's treated like a king because no one's ever come in and try to take his job or try to outwork him. So he has no reason to push himself or get better in any way. I'm mm-hmm. I'm almost certain that Swift coming in will make carry on better and the Lions can have. Uh, a one-two punch, which I've always been envious of other teams when they have, you know, they call it thunder and lightning, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. So uh, I'm a fan of that. And to answer your question, do the Lions have a new bell cow back? No, because they're going to have two guys that can get mm-hmm. it done. Uh, 
they'll they'll take if this makes sense they'll take pressure off each other so carry on knows i don't have to carry this this load by myself swift i'm not a rookie i'm not being thrown to the wolves like other detroit lions top draft picks have done they flame out and this way they can learn and they can grow together and i think it's going to be a pretty uh exciting backfield in detroit for the next few seasons for the future mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mean do you think they'll split that's like the the main thing that will happen right none of them's not one guy is going to be the bell cow yeah i um, think so and again yeah. uh hate to keep harping on this but it's still so early there hasn't been oh sure one yeah. there hasn't been one practice one ota nothing we don't know how any of these rookie running backs are going to shake out all we have is our our, our dreams our our thoughts and our opinions, and that will only get you so far, not only in fantasy, but in real life. You have to put the work in, and you got to see how it's going to shake out. So if we were to revisit this six months from now, you know, I could give more definite, mm-hmm. you know, confirmed answers. So that's the whole fun of this thing. You know, we mm-hmm. just give our – we're like the weatherman. It's going it's to be sunny and 80 today, yeah. and then it rains for three weeks, and no one ever puts the weatherman down because it was all his opinion, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I, I I would compare most fantasy analysis week to week to to being the weatherman, definitely. Um, yeah. But I consider myself a meteorologist, so I just track overall uh, trends okay. over time. <laughs> no, yeah. that's a. I hope, oh, that, I hope that's analogous. <laughs> make make a make a uh, an educated uh, opinion. Educated. Yeah, job. definitely. Overall, long period of time, week to week. I I know you said you're you're DFS guy, but week to week, I'm very I'm very shitty at that. Over the long haul, I think I'm a lot better. Okay. Well, we all, um, we all have our gifts and our... <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm, mine is not DFS. Um, okay, so uh, the next thing I want to talk about is which players do you think benefited the most from um, an off-season team change this year? Like, who do you think... Yeah, like, it could be, like, you know, this guy got a bunch of new good offensive linemen or he mm-hmm. went to another team and there'll be more opportunities, you know, any, any way you want to put it. Well, I I have some notes in front of me that I, that I wrote down, and it's nothing crazy. It's, you know, the... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins leaving, David Johnson going. What I think is, if this is weird, whatever, but it's my opinion, Mm -hmm. uh, Austin Hooper leaving Atlanta and going to Cleveland. So the the question that you asked of me a few days ago so I could prepare for this as best as I could was, what guy do you think is going to benefit the most and then in turn be hurt the most? You know, Mm -hmm. so... uh, other people might think about offensive linemen, linebackers, whatever. I think it's the tight end position, especially in Cleveland, you know, because David Njoku was well on his way to being a tight end one, you know. And then I don't know what the heck happens in Cleveland every year, but they took a big shit last season. Baker regressed big time. And now you bring in Austin Hooper, and correct me if I'm wrong, they made him the highest paid tight end in the NFL for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can confirm sounds that, right. and then so you right. bring yeah, Cooper, and then Najoku, he's a, he's 6'4", 250, 260 pounds. I saw a picture of him on social media the other day. He looks like a, a the Terminator, a robot. <laughs> so you bring in Hooper, you pay him a ton of money, and that just you know stifles what Najoku can do, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's both good and bad. Bad, you can practically get Najoku for for nothing, while people might overpay for Hooper. So do you think, and I'll ask you or anybody yeah. that, that wants to answer this question here or even later, do you think Baker Mayfield can support those many, those many people, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Chubb, Hunt, Njoku, and Hooper? I don't think he can. So mm-hmm. who's going to get the short end of the stick there? So to me, uh, it's uh, Hooper was, is, I think Hooper and uh, Njoku, they both are, they both got hurt in this deal because you brought in a guy to share, you know, targets with another guy. It didn't really make sense to me. And I've always been a big supporter of David Johnson. Uh, we all know he had a, a phenomenal year. He was wound up being the number one overall pick the following season. And then you flip flop him and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care where you put DeAndre, you could, he could play on the moon and he's still going to be, he's still going to put up wide receiver one. Yards and now he's in Arizona with Kyler Murray, uh, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitz is still there. He's like the first like player coach we've we've seen. You know, <laughs> so uh, I think Hopkins. Uh, I don't know if he could get more uh, 
fantastic, right, as far as, you know, stats and rankings are concerned, touchdowns and things of that nature. Because we all know Larry, jo- Larry Fitzgerald's character, he will concede uh, targets to the young, hungry stud already, and that being DeAndre Hopkins. So, to me, DeAndre Hopkins benefits the most. And then if you look at what's left in Houston, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, it's just like, do you even want to deal with any of those people? Because the only reason why anybody drafted and started uh, Will Fuller, even in DFS, was because you had DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field drawing coverage away from Kenny Stills. So Kenny Stills is hurt big time. He's going to be exposed, kind of ranting here, but the same way when Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh. Uh, everyone went all in on Juju, and look what Juju did last year. So there's a lot of what-ifs, and again, like we're weathermen, we can only make uh, (laughs) educated guesses from what we've seen and what these guys have done. Sure. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm curious, do you you think that Hopkins really benefits that much from going to another team? I felt like, you know, he already had a pretty bad defense in Houston, has a pretty bad defense in Arizona. He has a good quarterback in Murray. He had a good quarterback in... Um, Watson, I feel like his thing is kind of like a, like a, um, you know, like, like, like a lateral like move, a wash, right? Like it was a wash. Yeah, like a wash. Yeah. Like do, a lateral move. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a lateral move. Yeah. Um, well, yes and no. It, it's the the case with this is strange because he was, he's a top three wide receiver. Like he mo- in most drafts, he's the second quarterback off the board. Sometimes first, him or Michael Thomas in New Orleans, right? So. He goes from being a stud wide receiver in uh, Houston, so why wouldn't he be a stud wide receiver right. in Arizona? So it is a lateral move, but it still benefits him because he's still going to put up the same numbers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? okay, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that, yeah, when guys move around, they they usually, it, it can be tough sometimes to, like, uh, you know, adjust a new playbook, just new players and stuff like that. So I get yeah. what you're saying about, about that, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, I think this guy catches, he point. catches everything under the sun. I mean, mm-hmm. even during during last season, there's graphics in the middle of the game of him and uh, Larry uh, Larry Fitzgerald's the same way. I think Larry Fitzgerald has has uh, thrown more touchdown passes than drops in his career. Something <laughs> insane like that. Hopkins, yeah, there's some crazy number about Hopkins that. Yeah, has had the lowest drop rate in the NFL for quite some time, and quite some time being two, three seasons, maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he, he's the guy, he's, he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I know that's a, a vague blanket statement, but so what, why would the move from one team to another, you know, hurt him if at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I guess that that's fair. Um, I'm, I'm not going to argue too much about DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think cause I'm, I think honestly, he's, he's going to be on a, a downward trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's, he was, he was like one Crazy. of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I still think he's a very good wide receiver. Um, I, I think he lost a little bit, a little bit last year. Not a lot. I, I really don't believe that. Like I'm not coming out like against him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he, you know, Bill O'Brien gets like shellacked over that trade, which I th- still think it was a really terrible trade. Cause you mm-hmm. just got that David jo- Johnson contract, which is so dumb. Even if you were going to pay Deandre, or Deandre Hopkins and you paid him, like it would, it would be so much more worth it than to take the, the um, David Johnson contract. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do worry, I think, a little bit about um, Hopkins going forward as a top three option. Um, I think he's pretty so- – I think he's very solid, very good. But um, I do wonder about uh, him, him me, going let forward. Me ask you, let me ask yeah. you this. So mm-hmm. do you th- – this is your personal opinion. Yeah. Do you think we've seen DeAndre Hopkins' best career season? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. I think uh, this year could be his best statistical season ever. That would be that would be something. I think um, <laughs> to be fair, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's definitely possible. He's not like old yet, so you know, it's definitely no. it's definitely up there. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So uh, we'll definitely see. He's it's something I'm keeping in the back of my mind because I'm not I'm not sure where I'm going to land on him come for the okay. upcoming season. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, the tight end stuff is, is interesting about Hooper. I don't know if I got a chance to talk about that. He is like, I think, so I'm looking on, on over the cap. He's like paid like a hundred thousand dollars less than Hunter Henry on his one year deal. But it's like, he's basically the, the, the top eight guy. I, I, I do worry, um, about being able to feed all those mouths in, um, Cleveland Cleveland. because I think the running backs are going to get involved too. Like Kareem Hunt definitely is going to get involved. Um, I think Cooper's probably the guy that is left out the easiest in that. Um, I think Baker's a really good quarterback. I think last year was a tough year. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. guys have sophomore slumps. I saw a lot of stuff I liked when he was a rookie, and I saw a lot of stuff I liked last year, too. Um, yeah. I'm definitely nowhere near out on Baker. He is still a really good quarterback, so yeah. I don't doubt his abilities You know, to get guys the ball. I think Hooper will still be fine. Definitely yeah. not like a top-five guy or even, I don't know, top-seven or eight. He's probably out of there for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for the amount of money and probably all the hype, he's probably going to go way too early, uh, I think, because you're probably right about the supporting cast, but I still think Baker's a good quarterback, but... Um, yeah, Hooper feels like the guy that runs out. Because I think Odell has, like, a, a comeback season or a bounce-back season. Uh, I think Jarvis will still do very well. I think Kareem Hunt's going to get a lot of passes. Chubb's going to get a lot of work anyway. Sure. So, um, yeah. I saw yeah. a graphic. I saw a, a tweet this morning. I, I don't know who it was, I, so I can't credit the, the guy who tweeted it. But it said all it said was Chubb equals Mac. You know, Mac in uh, Indianapolis. And, uh, oh, sure. I, I just found that funny because they're, they're – so that implies that Chubb is going. Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to split everything, just like Jonathan Taylor and Mac in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. So I, I, that's why I say I said social media is toxic because you got people like that. <laughs> but it's not. It's not as horrible. It's not as horrible as you would think. Someone has an opinion. That's what social media is about. You can give your opinion. You can tweet every second. I'm making a hot pocket. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going in the basement. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the same sure. thing goes for any thought you have in your mind. You can get, you can just say whatever you want. So I thought mm-hmm. that was fun. I mean, it, it's something to toss around. I don't agree with it, but I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying there in, in terms of splitting that, that, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So those are the guys you had for like lost out and all season change, right? Absolutely, yeah. Perfect. All right, cool. All right, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about Dynasty, so it's good you're involved in Dynasty because the next question I had is what, what rookies do you think will have the biggest impact this year? I guess that, you know, went around the way. Talk, just talking about rookies, not their Dynasty value going forward, but I yeah. think there are a lot of good rookies I like, so I'm curious what you think. Sure. Um, but we would be here all night if I, if I went sure. down. <laughs> I, I wrote an article about them. Uh, I would say I think it was published a few days after the draft. It was, uh, mm-hmm. I've done the, the running back handcuff article. And mm-hmm. then I did the, uh, the rookie, the all offensive rookie rankings, you know, and uh, I'm not going to bore anybody with the, with Clyde Edwards or Jonathan Taylor or Swift or CD mm-hmm. lamb, Jerry, Judy. We all know what these, what these guys are about. I'll give you one guy. I'm really big into, and that's J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. He's he's put in, in if not the best situation of all the rookie running backs. I mean, you could art like I said, you could argue Clyde Edwards, Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, and you might ask, well, Chris, what are you talking about? J.K. Dobbins isn't even going to be the starting running back in Baltimore, but this is dynasty, so we look long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dobbins was drafted to Baltimore. He's obviously the heir apparent to Mark Ingram. You already have that the defense in Baltimore is phenomenal. You can almost pencil them in for a first-round bye or the AFC championship, depending on how wild you want to get. But he can come in, and again, like I, like I said with the Lions running backs, he's not expected to carry the load. You're a rookie. Here's the ball. You're, the team is yours. We need you to carry the load. It's not like that. He they, he can come uh, come in and out as he pleases. He can learn from Ingram. He has arguably, as we said to start the show, one of the best quarterbacks in the game of football. So he's got a lot of positive things going for him. And I think he's going, in the next few seasons, mark my words, he's going to wind up being the number one overall running back drafted for quite some time. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with the heir apparent situation, um, at least currently. The thing I, I think people, though, miss on Ingram is that he doesn't have a lot of wear in his tires for someone who's, like, 30, because he's put yeah. a lot of time right back with Kamara and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I love Ingram, but I, I think you're right about that. He seems like someone who's going to slot down the role, and they're going to rush the ball a crap zone. That seems to be what their offense is built around, as yeah. long as they have Lamar. And also, if Lamar even gets hurt, the offense will stay the same. They'll just throw uh, Griffin right in there, so... It'll, it'll probably be, like, the same thing anyway. So I think the running backs definitely do benefit a lot from there. They have a very good defense. Trade for Calais Campbell. Super sad yep. about that, but he's a great player. So, um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to love Jaguar there. Guy, yeah. Yep, definitely. He's he's was probably the best player defensively for us well, last here's year. here's the thing here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. uh, their head coach, Baltimore's head coach. I'm not their GM. I don't know how it's going to shake out. But 
a smart man would say that they're just going to pound the ball with Ingram and Dobbins. It takes pressure off Lamar and his legs and running and, and you know, getting hurt, blowing out his knee. So uh, both players, Ingram, he's he is on the wrong side of 30. I believe he's 31 and mm-hmm. 200 and something odd days. Uh, I'm not a weird freak. I wrote an article about <laughs> how I know how, you know, his age to the day. But yeah, Dobbins and Ingram are, it's going to be fantastic. And then they're, they drafted Dobbins to be their RB1 of the future to pair with their stud young running, or excuse me, quarterback. So uh, again, I'm very envious of what Baltimore is doing, just like the Steelers. I, I, I'm very envious of their young and hungry defense. But Dobbins is my running back one of the future, without a shadow mm-hmm. of a doubt. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, what do you think about guys like Justin Jefferson or T. Higgins or Denzel Mims? Do you think they'll have an impact their rookie year as like a for like I don't know like a, a wide receiver three, wide receiver two, maybe? Even? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm really high. There's the two T. Higgins and Denzel Mims. Uh, if you don't, if I'm sure you do, but T. Higgins is in uh, Cincinnati with Burrow, and then Mims is in New York, plays for the Jets uh, with Darnold. Now, those are the two uh, rookie wide receivers that I like the most, obviously. Uh, put, in the, put in the position, obviously, I'm going to draft Jerry Judy, uh, you know, those stud wide receiver, Lamb, things of that nature. But I have no problem uh, letting Mims or Higgins fall to me. I think there's a, a ton, a ton of potential there. You have Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, paired with another rookie, T. Higgins from Clemson. They have nowhere to go but up, right? And mm-hmm. then you got Darnold in his second year. He has Mims now. Roby Anderson is gone. So those are two quarterback wide uh, rookie wide receiver combos that are absolute favorites of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like him too a lot. Justin Jefferson too, although less I think than than Mims. I think Mims is probably yeah. one of my favorite rookies who is mm-hmm. not like you know a Judy type guy or even like a CD mm-hmm. Lamb guy. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the the available targets is, is definitely there for him. I think um, Jefferson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say he's a, he's a sneaky draft pick or mm-hmm. he's a sneaky rookie because we mm-hmm. all you know us diehards yeah. you know that, that <laughs> write and uh, do podcasts and stuff like that. We all know who Jefferson is, and he's in Minnesota next to Thielen now that uh, Diggs is in uh, Buffalo. But I can honestly look you in the eye, even though I can't see your face, and tell you that. <laughs> I've seen little to no talk about Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. So that's the only reason why I say he's kind of a sneaky guy. Everybody's all in on, you know, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and, you know, the, right. those guys, you know. So uh, you can grab he, – he's not it, – it's sneaky. I'm like I'm at a loss for words because mm-hmm. I haven't heard much about him. And, and I'll take the heat myself. I haven't dug into, dug into him much. Yeah, um, I I think it was pretty like uh, I don't know what what a good word for this is, but I mean they they took him like I th- I, I either think with their first round pick or the pick they traded away to yeah. the Bills to get um to get Stephon Diggs like out right, so mm-hmm. it feels like it makes sense for him to slot in. Um, I think that the Vikings like a lot of what they saw out of Ola BC Johnson last year, so I don't know. Yeah. I think I think they'll be him and Jefferson will be splitting a lot more of. The um the leftover targets from from Diggs's departure that I think people are assuming for just straight up um Jeff, Justin Jefferson although I think Justin Jefferson is super talented he's he's a really good guy and I wasn't he I didn't think I really watched too much film of all the BC Johnson in college but um yeah I mean I I, I don't think he's gonna slot in but I think he's gonna I mean there's like what like 120 130 targets left over so he's definitely gonna get yeah. um you know a good proportion of that but. Um, I think there there might be a reason why he might be not as hyped as in, in Minnesota is because I think they like who they have in Johnson. They obviously like um, Thielen still. I don't know how anyone mm. could dislike him. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think that might be a reason why. But there's so many good rookie wide receivers. I don't think you could mm. go wrong with a lot of them. So I, I you know, I, I think so, they're all very talented. Uh, and a lot of it was an absolutely yeah. phenomenal draft class. Yeah, I I usually try and not stick with all the experts and like parrot what they're saying, but a lot of it felt mm. very true. A yeah. lot of it felt that's really, why, really true. That's that's basically why I like I just told you guys that I mm-hmm. I sold Lamar Jackson for right, a right. for a bevy of first round draft picks because I was able to I basically traded Lamar Jackson uh, for an absolutely <laughs> ridiculous amount of uh, stud rookies. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know what I don't know what's like the going rate for that kind of stuff. Is I wish I knew more about um, Dynasty in that way. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would imagine that that seems like a really good haul. Now that um, I'm thinking of it, I I turned Lamar Jackson into Jonathan Taylor, Jerry <laughs> Judy, um, Keyshawn Vaughn, Mims, and Higgins. All those guys for it's, it's a for pretty Lamar good haul. Jackson. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good haul. I think. Yeah. Um, especially if you have a good like backup quarterback. I don't know what your situation is, but yeah, I mean, if you if you have someone else that you can use, just you know, find that that seems really good. Yeah. It's a um, it's a it's a super flex. So I have oh, Matt okay. Stafford oh, okay. and Lamar Jackson. So as it stands right now, I have those rookies, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Matthew Stafford uh, and Justin Herbert rookie mm-hmm. uh, for the right. Chargers, and uh, that's about it. I I, mm-hmm. I do that often. Like I I sold off Lamar for these rookies. I said I'll deal with uh, you know trading for another quarterback later you know later mm-hmm. on in the summer not worry right, about right. It we're, you know we're still what three or four months out from the start of yeah. the season <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah I, I would be remiss though if i didn't tell you who my favorite wide receiver i think um out of the draft this year in terms of fantasy and mm-hmm. and that's michael Pittman. um on uh on the Indy. colts yeah. yeah i i think he's uh, depending on where his draft value is, I feel like he's like a 10th round pick-ish so far, but again, some are very early. Um, he, he seems like the guy I'm, I'm the most interested in who I want to have on all my teams. It's such a good situation for him, being yeah. with T.Y., being with Phil Rivers on a, on a team that can actually block for him, so he has time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very excited for him. He might be like my number one rookie, I think, this year. Because like, yeah. I, I like Jerry Judy better as a talent. Um, but he's on like he's in a worse situation. I think I might like T. Higgins as a talent better, but he's in a very crowded um Cincinnati offense, to be honest, if AJ Green is healthy. So yeah. you know, it's not it's not the perfect transition. Um and I think he's better. I think he's more talented than Zell Mims. I think he's more talented than C D Lamb, although C D fills a interesting spot in Dallas. And I've talked about that for yeah. time and more. We all know uh, yeah. I'll take this opportunity to mention Phil Rivers. He yeah, we all know what this guy is about. Uh super, super competitive guy. He's got uh, like 17 kids, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he definitely he, uh, fucks. He does definitely <laughs> fuck. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't swear though. He's just a, a, a competitive guy. Right. And th- there's you can look up the numbers. The guy just slings the football. So mm-hmm. you're right. Pittman's in a phenomenal spot, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm ex- I'm excited to see what you know what Indianapolis does. Hope to get get to a game this year. It's only uh, five or six yeah. hour drive from Detroit here. Right, right, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't want them to win, but I think they'll be an exciting offense for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I honestly, I, I don't know how good the running backs are going to be. I don't really care that much about Jonathan Taylor. I don't, I don't know how good he's going to be in the NFL, but they have such a good offensive line. I guess it might not even matter, but I think yeah. their offense is going to flow a lot through their, their, um, through their passing game. Because um, yeah. I still don't think the, de- the defense is still really young. Uh, I, they did trade for DeForest Buckner, who I love. I thought that was a really smart move. But, you know, I still think the defense is pretty young, n- not super great. So I think they'll be singing the ball a lot just like they were last year with a better quarterback. So um, I think it'll be a lot better for all those guys. And like, fuck Zach Pascal and all those other guys. They're mm. nowhere near as good as Mike Pittman. It's not even close yeah. for me. Um, okay, yeah. So I, res- I respect how, co- how confident you are with, with your team. <laughs> I'm the same way. I've said yeah. it a few times. I like uh, on a, being a guest on a few podcasts or even in my writing or, you know, someone tweets or on Facebook, rank these guys. And I always say, like in this case, for sake of the conversation, uh, mm-hmm. give me Michael Pittman and it's not close, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, say right. not close. I don't say not close or things of those nature to offend anybody or to <laughs> argue with someone. When I make a trade or a draft pick or I start a guy, I do it with full confidence. And but that's just, you know, people would be better for that in you know, <laughs> tweaking their lineups or in everyday life, you know, asking for a promotion. Well, I think I just, no, say I, I want a fucking promotion. I've mm-hmm. worked here for five years, you know, so <laughs> I, when I say not close, it's not from a, from a place of uh, douchebaggery, let's say. Like <laughs> yeah. Talk to yeah. <laughs> no, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, I am, uh, if someone wants to argue with me about that, I totally welcome that and I'll dunk on you. But yeah, no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I try to be as confident about this stuff um, when I'm saying, you know, even, even some hyperbolic things. Like you mentioned, like it's not close and stuff like that. That that tends to be pretty hyperbolic, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I'm gonna be strong with my takes for the most part if I really believe in them, and uh, yeah. I am gonna be. Although I am gonna be argumentative about it, like I'm fucking right. So well, you're fine. from New York. <laughs> yeah, you man. Just, I mean, all yeah. you're doing is living up to the New York uh, stereotype. That's you're fine by New me. York I stereotype guy. 
<laughs> I, I don't mind that at all. Um, okay, let's get into some stuff that I'm not super familiar with that you're way more familiar with than me. So okay. the first question I had was like, are there, I know we're a, a long ways out from week one in the NFL, but are there any DFS, play, DFS plays that you're looking into for week one? Absolutely not. We're, uh, we're so <laughs> far, we're so far away from it. Uh, we don't know how, uh, starting rosters are going to look, you know, who knows, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. maybe JK Dobbins does become the, the starting running back and pushes, you know, uh, Mark Ingram back. Maybe Cam Akers does beat out Daryl Henderson in LA. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's going to shake out. So when you play DFS, it's always about the matchup. So we don't know what to expect from each team and their rosters. Uh, I could take this minute to plug and tell you uh, every every week in NFL, uh, I write a, it's called Bottom of the Barrel article. Look for that every week coming this uh, season on DFS Cheat Sheet or at Detroit Beastie on my Twitter. It's just a list of uh, four or five guys from each position that are the bottom of the barrel as far as their prices are concerned. Because we all mm-hmm. know those uh, high end that you want to start Pat Mahomes, you know, you want to start uh, Saquon Barkley, but you can't fill a whole roster with those guys because they cost too much. So you have to look at those cheaper, uh, high upside, bottom of the barrel kind of guys. So be on the lookout for that during the season. And again, to answer your question, I have 0.0 DFS plays at this time. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, well, so you said about like matchups are really important. Are there any like soft defenses you're looking to take advantage of like early on? Or is that like, is it still, is it still too far out for that? Um, It's still too far away, but normally once, you know, once we get into the first few weeks, you know, say week five or six, we know what, what teams and what defenses are shit. Uh, you know, you can always stack against, let's say, the Lions or the Jets, Cincinnati, uh, Jacksonville. You know, you can stack against those teams because they aren't primarily good. You know, so you're not going to want you're not going to want to have a large portion of guys that are playing, you know, against the 49ers defense, Pittsburgh's defense, things like that. So it's all pretty elementary when it comes to, uh, you know, realizing, you know, what teams to stack against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I guess that's that's fair. Yeah, I, I haven't really looked ahead to like the schedule for week one anyway, so I, I totally get that. Um, okay, I know so, the only mm-hmm. game I know for certain is uh, Chicago Bears are in are in Detroit week one. So oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even know the Jaguars play week one. I don't know, that makes me a bad person. Um, Not at all. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, okay, so another thing I had was about IDP. Now, yeah. I have a very limited understanding of like what you're supposed to be doing in IDP or like who the top guys are. I remember I played it once, I think, in, like, middle school or high school, and, like, Patrick Willis is the first guy I took off. I know, like, tackles are supposed to be pretty easy to predict with, like, middle yeah. linebackers and stuff, so they seem to be good. That's about yeah. as far as my knowledge goes, so hit me okay. up. Yeah, I'm a uh, – thank you for asking me, and thank you for uh, crowning me with the, the IDP <laughs> expertise. I am a, a huge IDP guy. Uh, real quick in my Twitter profile, it says uh, IDP Encyclopedia. It was the nickname. You know, you can't give yourself nicknames. And a lot of people on Twitter and social media say you're like a uh, an encyclopedia. You're like a library of IDP knowledge, and I I take great pride in that because we all know that the superflex is by far and away the most popular format right now, where you can start oh, yeah. quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm championing championing that IDP can be large because it's so much fun. So IDP stands for individual defensive player. And if you're doing it right, you're going to field an entire defense, you know, two defensive uh, ends, one or two defensive tackles, three linebackers, two safeties and two cornerbacks. So you're right uh, in the right scoring format. um, A linebacker can score just as much as a running back. So you look to linebackers to have the same, uh, let's say the same importance as your starting running backs, you know? Mm-hmm. So again, all depends on the format tackles are tackles and takeaways are King and you go from there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is the general format like tackles are worth like a point and like interceptions are worth like six points or some shit like that? Is it, is it yeah. similar or something like that? It, well, it all, we all know that each league is different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. If, if you're doing it right and you're in an active league, 
Uh, everyone's, you know, all, everybody in the league is going to vote on it. And normally tackle tackles are, you know, can be, you know, a point or two. Like if you get a guy like the, the, the consensus number one overall IDP guy mm-hmm. is Darius Leonard in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a wild man. And then it would go uh, <laughs> Darius Leonard, then Bobby Wagner in Seattle, then uh, uh, Hunter. Uh, Danielle Hunter in Minnesota. So things like that. Guys that are that are always in there. They're getting tackles. They're getting takeaways. And so again, if you're doing it right and you have your your scoring format the way dialed in as per voted by the league, uh, mm-hmm. it, you're going to have a good time. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I'm just oh God, I, I'm I'm so out of my depth with this stuff. And I, I do love defensive players. I'm a huge fan of defense. Yeah, uh, the Jaguars have been able to deliver de- deliver that to me. Um, my most of my time I've been here. Um, but yeah, so I I, I get that. I, I think it'd be really fun to have that in like regular fantasy football parlance. Yeah. But I'm happy we're at least getting to two quarterback leagues because they're my favorite by far. I yeah. I honestly prefer two quarterbacks even to, um, even to like superflex. But I think superflex is fine. I, I I'm not like a huge fan. Of, I, I don't really care if it goes either way. Well, here's the thing. What mm-hmm. while I have you here, you know. You yeah. said you're you're into defensive players and stuff, but you you're out of your depth. You yeah. can you can dip your toe in the water, right? And I've seen a lot of uh, leagues that are super flex to quarterback, and they have one or two roster spots for an IDP. You know, yeah, yeah. that would be that would be a nice way to uh, you know slowly get into it, work mm-hmm. your way up, see if uh, if it's for you, if it excites you, gets the blood flowing. And then yeah. every year you just add another, you add another IDP guy until you're fielding an entire defense just to see <laughs> if you like it. it. That's not up my alley. Cause I'm a, you know, uh, go all or go home kind of guy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not going to play in a league that has one IDP. I want a full blown uh, defense. You know, I want right. seven, eight, seven, eight starting uh, guys on my defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like why? Why do you like? I guess. Oh, thinking about it now, like I guess you, it'd be kind of like if you put like two IDPs. I guess it'd be like adding like another running back slot, another wide receiver spot, in, like a way for a different position. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I'd rather have a full defense. Like I totally understand what you're saying. I'd rather do. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could adjust the scoring to make all the positions more even. Because I feel like, or you'd either have to do like, like you need two defensive tackles, two or like two defensive linemen, and then two linebackers and like two safeties. Does, does it usually actually? I'm sorry. Does it usually go like that, or usually like all like utility guys? Like how does has defense like lineup look like? Like what does uh, it look like? In my I play in a fan tracks league. It's my favorite league. It's a 14 team dynasty. We have, uh, as I said, every position is specific. Two okay. defensive ends, two D tackles, three linebackers two safeties and two cornerbacks. Now you can get in okay, a, in a well. situation where uh, safeties and cornerbacks are all under one, one roof under a DB, but mm-hmm. I like it better that you can uh, dial in two specific safeties and two specific cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, like I said, I'm totally out of my depth. Cause I think the last time I played was like 12 years ago. And I remember <laughs> it being like utility spots but that could have just been for like a few positions and not all of them or something. But yeah, yeah so I was just thinking that for, that could be an issue for like why linebackers were taken so high, if I remember. But anyway, this is like ten years ago, fantasy not as relevant. So, but I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you can talk about that stuff because it does interest me. I love defensive guys. I usually watch like when I'm watching film. Usually, pay more attention to the defensive line than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and because cornerbacks are pretty tough, and you know that that kind of thing. And I'd love to watch them more, but it's it's pretty easy to tell. I think defensive lines or maybe I have a good eye for it, whatever. But I love I love watching defense. So. It'd be interesting to get into that. If I could only get my friends to be a little more into uh, into oh, that shit, I think I could do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, it's uh, it. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big uh, baseball baseball guy, oh, especially cool. when it comes to dynasty baseball. We're talking uh-huh. like minor, you know, thirty yeah, minor, minor leagues, leagues, yeah, minor yeah. League spots and stuff <laughs> like that. Oh and man, when I that was my dynasty baseball leagues were the most fun I've ever had playing fantasy sports, and that. And that's saying a lot because we're talking mm-hmm. yeah. fast, football, <laughs> hockey, all that. And then when I when I got into the, my the full IDP, that was that gave my dynasty baseball team a run for its money in terms of like the fun mm-hmm. and the excitement. So uh, maybe uh, when we're done with the video here, give me a couple minutes. I'll screenshot my starting uh, IDP yeah. roster, and uh, you can post it with the video. Or I can comment right under it because it's 
it's pretty fantastic. Got me the championship. Yeah, cool. Last year. I, I, I would be very interested in seeing that, actually. Yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, okay, so I've got one more question. Just curious um, sure. out of this. I didn't list it, but um, as like a general NFL question, how do you think the uh, the NFC South is going to shake up this year? It's a pretty interesting division. I know you're a Lions fan, so I'm curious. Yeah, how, or, yeah NFC. Oh, NFC North. Sorry, NFC yeah, North. Yeah, the North. The Black North, and sorry, Blue I said South. Black and yeah, that's totally wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got, yeah, I'm curious how you think it's going to turn out. Well, you got the Lions, Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. Now, the Lions have not won an NFC North championship in quite some time. Like so long ago, I I couldn't even give you a date. It's always been <laughs> between Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago will sneak in and win the division every four or five years. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of this season, I I really think it's up for grabs. There's not one team in that division that like, jumps off the page at you and like, oh, it, it, they're, a, they're a surefire to win. Like Green Bay mm-hmm. has won the division, you know, probably six, seven times out of the last 10 years. You know, Chicago mm-hmm. being one, and then the rest have been Minnesota. Now, mm-hmm. Minnesota, it, it's, an odd, it's an odd thing there. On paper, on paper, you're like, well, it's not that impressive of a team. You got Kirk Cousins, you got Cook, who's holding mm-hmm. out, what's he doing? Uh, old man Rodgers is still in Green Bay. So as long mm-hmm. as Rodgers is the Green Bay starting quarterback, they're always going to be in the hunt for the, the North championship. There's been a lot of times the last few seasons where the division was Detroit's for the taking and they just, they piss it away. You know, all you mm-hmm. got to do is win one more. You got to win the last game of the season in Green Bay and the title in the NFC North title is yours. And they find some stupid way to yep. lose it to a Green Bay team that has nothing to play for. So uh-huh. I can honestly mm-hmm. say I, um, I'm in my mid thirties. I've been a Lions fan since the day I was born. My father was a huge, my late father was a huge Lion fan. So it's all I know is, you know, in Detroit being a Lions fan. And every year, the entire city of Detroit has this optimism. You could actually say eternal optimism <laughs> even in the off season, right? And every year we go into it and they, they the, the Lions organization feeds us the bullshit. Oh, Stafford looks good. We finally drafted a stud <laughs> running back. And they win four games. They win five games. So, mm-hmm. I'm to a point where I'm never, I will always be a Detroit Lions fan, but I'm just toning down my optimism. (laughs) A point for me where it's like, all right, how about you just show me instead of me, you know, going wild and freaking out before the season even starts. So um, if you want me to give you a prediction, Mm -hmm. I would say that I could see where we get to the last game of the season. And, uh, again, Lions are in Green Bay, and the winner of that takes the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I think the division is, I think, pretty clearly, in my opinion, um, in the Packers' favor. Um, but but that, that being said, like, I think they have, like, a 35% chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest is kind of, like, split. Because I think Detroit has, has a pretty decent outside chance of making it if everything falls into place, if Matt Patricia becomes the defensive um, yeah. Coach said he was defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Um, he's got all the he's got all the pieces now. If he can't do it now, I don't know when he's going to be able to do it. So it's, it's right. Uh, it's been written in the local pit, like the Detroit Free Press, the Detroit mm-hmm. News, where uh, old uh, old lady Martha Ford said, "This is everyone knows what they're getting into this season. This is your prove mm-hmm. it year. If you can't, yeah. you know, get it. It's literally playoff or bust for both Patricia and our GM Bob Quinn. So." Mm-hmm. Should have never got rid of Jim Bob Cooter, man. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, no, for sure. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I was curious how you feel. I, I, I mean, I'm a pretty big like general NFL fan too. Besides like fantasy yeah. sports, so I'm always curious yeah, to get that kind of info. Um, did you have any questions for me before we head out? Or I didn't. No, I just want to uh, thank Perfect. you for for reaching out and having me on. Uh, of course. It's Sunday afternoon. It's gorgeous outside. <laughs> I'm, you know, in the woods at the beach. I'm happy you. Uh, we could still link up and do this. Yeah. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments or just want to chat and say hi, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie or on uh, DFSCheatSheet.com or at DFSCheatSheet1.com. Uh, quick shout out to Jeremy Sarnia. He's the owner, CEO, operator of Cheat Sheet. 
Uh, I'm so happy to be, you know, part of that website. It's one of the most supportive environments I've ever been involved in. He never tells me no. I can do whatever I want. I have complete car blanche, and uh, it's just a good atmosphere to to be creative, you know. And I couldn't I couldn't be any more happy than I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that sounds that sounds like a pretty good a uh, pretty good yeah. gig then for sure. Um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, plug your shit, but. That was that was important. Um, good thing we yeah. got that through. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks for having. Thanks for coming on, man. No doubt. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to coming back again here in the future. Yeah. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to extend that. If you if you have any kind of thing you want me to come on or you want to come on mine again, absolutely. Oh, the door's always open. Love having people come back on a second time. We have we have good spirited debates usually. Good. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Man. Thanks so much, and have a good rest of the week, my friend. Yeah. You too. That's it for this episode of the Bacon Game Sports Pod. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow Jesse on Twitter at E-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L.